This episode of Echoes in the Bones is brought to you by the Institute of Cultural Policy and Innovation, ICPI. ICPI, providing services in business development and coaching. ICPI, leaders in online training in event planning and intellectual property. Visit our website today at www.icpi-ja.com. Welcome to another episode of Echoes in the Bones. I'm Dennis Howard and we have a very special guest today. He is known internationally as a recording artist and songwriter and producer, but a lot of people are not as familiar with the man himself, but they know his songs. So we want to welcome Dandy Livingstone to Echoes in the Bones. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. I know, I know Dandy Livingstone is not your, 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 your birth name. What is your birth name? Actually, Livingstone is my middle name. Okay. But my, birth, my full birth name is Robert, Robert Livingstone. Okay. okay, good. Yeah. So why did you come up with, with Dandy Livingstone uh, yeah, back well, in, that, in, in, the, in the early days? Um, I started out as a duo, duo right? Um, but I love harmonies, right? So I came up with the name Sugar, Sugar and Dandy. Sugar and then, right? So, but I didn't want to be called sugar. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I'm dandy, right? I'm a ex-partner, sugar. And um, we made a couple um, um, recordings for a company in England, uh, and the Carnival label, right? And, I had a big tune called Water Life. Sold a lot of records in them days, right? And, um, yeah. Anyway, the original Sugar Left. He was a great singer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he wanted to go on his own after a while. You know, just, you know. Yeah, young guys. And, yeah. So, a matter of fact, when I did that song, the producers at the time, the only producer, the only people who ever produced me, these two Jewish guys in London. You know, it is, they didn't know anything about the music. So actually, they were just, as you say, they, um, they call them executives for producers. Because <laughs> they couldn't dance to the music, and they knew nothing as such, but they, they had the money. The company had the money. Anyway, I recorded a second session for them, and I double tracked, you know, and it was still the same sugar and candy. I knew nothing about double tracking at the time, but somehow it worked. Mm-hmm. They said to me, because they knew music, but not reggae music, or at the time, ska, right? And they said, hey, sounds great. And they put out the other tunes, couple of tunes, and that was that for a period, and um, matter of fact, Lee Gopal, as you know, the man who started Trojan Records, he and Chris Blackwell, but Lee was really the man. <coughs> he was the, he was the man who introduced, he was instrumental, 
I'm getting that opening for me to, to do those first couple of records at Carnival Records. You, you, you are kind of unique <coughs> because I'm, I'm assuming, and you can confirm this, that you started your recording career in England. Yeah, yeah, I knew nothing about singing or <laughs> recording in Jamaica. I left here as a 15-year-old. Yeah, at the time, you know, the, the, the last thing, music was the last thing. My mother, what well, a mad boy, you know. In them times, you had to be a doctor, lawyer, a big, you know, push them guy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, music was a taboo. Yeah. yeah, because again, you know, you at that time, in fact, probably you were one of the first to launch a career in England, yeah. but you were doing reggae and ska. Yeah, it was you know about anybody else who, who did that? Before you? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, going to school, oh, okay, in London. Um, at the time, there were, did Lurley, can you, was he in England then? He might have been. Since he went in on 63, 64, something like that. was what, 64? Yeah. But at least they started their career in, in Jamaica. In Jamaica so right. I think you are the first one. You are the first Jamaican to start a career in London. In, in London. Uh, and, and be successful. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I, think I, I, I was, yeah. So, because I started in 64, I did my first water life in, in, six, in the summer of 64. Yeah, and Lee Gottel, like I said, was instrumental in, in getting me going. Because I used to sell some records for him, you know, weekend time, you know, school fee and thing, you know, in elbow to the school fee and lunch, <laughs> going to school. So, yeah, one day he looked at me and said, oh, hey, you know, you, I hear that you, where do you hear from? That I'm Dimples, I had a friend named Dimples, what a group called the Marbles doing their cabaret and thing. So I went down to see them rehearse in this studio in this place where Son Robertson, Arbitone, had a studio in, in the bottom. On the, one of the first black guys to have a, a studio in London, right? And I went down to see Dimples and the school. And, um, and the studio, you know, guys like Rico Rodriguez, Tantan, Hedy Tantan, and uh, I got them early Jamaican musicians used to hang out, you know, <coughs> come a Sunday. But, you know, in the days, people had, had to work. Mm. But Sunday was recording day. So I went down there one day, and I was fascinated, you know. I knew nothing at all about music, but to, you know, you know um, vinyl, yes, because my father used to have a lot of vinyl records and things like that. Anyway, to see a band playing live was my the first time in my life. And I said, yeah, this sounds interesting, you know. <laughs> you know? So it, it, it grew, it grew on me, you know. And I said, yes, I'd love to do this. As fun. You're not thinking about doing it as any, for a professional or nothing like that, no. So I, I did a demo. I paid five pounds, 50, I think it was five pounds, 50, old time, um, um, pounds, you know, pence days in, in London. And, um, you get this soft wax, we used to call it, you know, acetate. Right. And 
A and B side. Yeah? It's funny, you know, me and the two virgins now laugh at you. I said, Robert, why are you that boy? <laughs> and things like that, you know. They are one. And I forget all about it. Mm. You know what I mean? One day, coming from work, right? In Stratford. There was this Rita King, stabby lady. Her first shop was in, I think, the Petticoat Lane, I think, the Market Lane, what's called, I think, there. She had a shop there. Come weekend time, packed with Caribbean people buying records. The Prince Bosco, the Prince Patrick, you know. Um, oh, Lord. Anyway, I heard this voice, this sound. What's that? That sounds familiar. So I took the time and went up to the shop door and listened carefully. Hey, what? That's me. Well, you know, Ian, you were playing, playing. I mean, you. I got into the shop. That's what I mean. That's all it. So I went in the shop and I asked the lady, Can I see you? See that robot, please? She showed me. And I. On the Planetone label. That's all it. And I gave her about I didn't tell her because I didn't make any, any difference to her. You know, me saying it's me, come here, you like her. Yeah. <laughs> Why go here? I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyway, I couldn't wait for the weekend to end. I called the, the student, and of course I said, I remember, oh Lord, we're not there in a week. I mean, certainly in the weekends, right? So anyway, I got through to Sonny Roberts. I said, hey, watch this. I paid you money from to do, do uh, um, a demo. And he put the demo out. <laughs> I mean, what's this? He said, well, you know, I was trying to reach you. I said, but you have my number. Yeah, I mean, so you have my phone number, don't tell me that. Yeah, you know, that you to pay, huh? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to talk to the money right away. I'm not a good yeah. but you know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, he put it all below, but, but it's back to the old Jamaican thing, don't it? Mm -hmm. Anyway, me and him became good buddies after a while, long after that, yeah. And um, that was that. And from there, after I left Carnival with Boone Waterlife, the same lady who I asked to play the record for me, let me show me. She had the Scarbeat label after a while in Stanford Hill. And she was put out by, you know, Scatterlife and everything like that, you know. So she knew of my good seller, Waterlife, after a while, and she said, yeah, it's you who sang what I said. Yeah, it's Andy, but big chill, man, and I saw a lot of it in my shop. Yeah, good. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that was that. We got talking, and I did a couple sessions for her, to an album, and, and then come Rudy now. I did Rudy in 67. Mm -hmm. Oh, they didn't have hands to sell the record. Tell us about how you get to 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 that record. To record Rudy, yeah. Okay. You know, at the time there was a lot of Rude Boys record, Rude Boy record on the place, right? Rudy this, Rudy that, I was gonna say. 
some of them was glorifying the road business. And I was driving along, I remember, driving my old man vehicle. And um, something came to me. And, uh, and in 10 minutes, the song was born. Simplicity goes along with your times, right? And um, I went to read and I said, hey, I'm here to get paid for the album, you know, but I've got this thing I'd, I'd like to record. And she said, what? Another hit? Another water life? I said, no, man, bigger than water life. That's a pure that, you know? It's not just a pure that, you know? Mm -hmm. So she said, all right. And we set up a, she set up a recording session, something like that. Whole Kendrick, maximum sound. I went and did Rudy. At the time, again, it was just fun. And something told, uh, something inside of me said, hey, use a trombone on it. Right? I love the sound of trombone. And I heard of this week around which is from Jamaica. Anyway, I made inquiries about Rudy, about Rika. And um, I made some inquiries how to get in contact with Rika. And a couple of people told me, well, you'll be lucky to turn up to a session. Yeah? So I said, why not? So I said to me, yeah. I said, why not? I said, why are you lucky? Man? You, you'll be lucky to turn up. That's, that's all. But I kept trying. Until one day, I met some of the musician guys. I said, yeah, man, you know, Rika, hang out, man. And then get in touch with Rika. And I spoke to Rico on the phone. I told him where the session will be. And he turned up. He turned up. And Rico turned up and come inside the tune and took out him from one and you know, you know them <laughs> blow <to> him. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, other other youth now, I said, Well, you know, I'm in Hano, you know. <laughs> so make a musician first you and say, Big Terry, play the track. And say, where do you want me to play? You know, Rico. And I said, boy, take the middle of the line. Man. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Look at thing, you know. Um, the saxophonist was um, a guy called Pepsi. He used to play in a soul group called The Link. Pepsi and Pepsi was cool because I saw him a few times, sorry, but like Rico now. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, they did their thing and yeah, man, and boom, boom, boom. I said something from the outset of the tune, right? Rudy, message to Rudy, Rudy, a message to you, whatever. It took about an hour and a half to write the song, to record the song, and to master the tape. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah, mm. then there's a two track, you know. <laughs> if you make a mistake, I will go again. <laughs> uh, but when you, whatever you grow up on, after a while it comes in natural, don't it? Mm. Yeah. yeah. You have to be real green to really fall down. Big shot, man. Anyway, that was that. So, how big was Message to Rudy? How big? It was big. In them days, 1967, they, they kept you away from the national charge, you know, because he used to have certain shops, they, what do you call them, 
that they take the sales from, right? Like they would have 20 shops in London, the HMP and the this, that, and, the, uh, and they would collect their sales of the particular records. That is, that was sold during the week. And so they would chart, they'd get the whole chart going. They never bother listening to, you know, a dandy, um, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, but it sold a lot. Yeah. And then, I don't want to deal with the cult generally. That they are cult following. Right? It's underground, you know. One and two groups did it. I'm on the first white group that did it. They were the locomotive. Uh, yeah, yeah, them did it. I'm a big guy. I heard of another group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But one day now, I was at home. My wife wasn't home from work yet. I was watching a program called Top of the Pops. Did you ever have Top of the Pops? Yeah, yeah. Big weekend in the week. I think on Thursday you should come on our Friday. We all the potential hits. We will be played live. That's a week. I saw a record. I heard this thing, but again, that's my song. You know what I mean? This group on top of the box being. When I start to check up money. <laughs> you know what I mean? I started, I started in the young pounds. Yeah. Which group was that? The specials. Yeah, the specials. 1980. And then time I was trying to come back to Jamaica now. So, like, I said, wow, like a bonus, you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, we could do anything on. Yeah, that's right. I don't know why I came and I said, boy, you know, Rudy just played on top of the floor. She said, yeah. So, yeah, man, I do for a little bit of time. I never even heard of the group. Never heard of them. Trust me, never heard of them. Anyway, it was big. Yeah? One of your biggest songs. And up to this day, Rudy, a message to Rudy. Yeah. Oh. So, so you made sure you registered the song and, and made sure all of the copyrights that was registered was before they did it okay yeah, good. Man, yeah, man. yeah. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a shrewd man you know yeah, I <coughs> did my homework from my was very young and in the business from 64 I came in the business I made sure I know what was going on yeah man. calling music to the publisher you also had another landmark song which one is that? Reggae in your jacket. Tell us about that because by that time you were with Trojan. Yeah, yeah. So tell us first about the Trojan when you, when you started to work with Trojan and that whole Trojan story which uh, 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 kind of made you do that particular song because that <coughs> particular song is of a lot of interest from a lot of reasons. <laughs> okay. Right. So, tell us yeah. about the Trojan story. All right. So after I left Reader King, right? Mm-hmm. One morning I was at home and my phone rang. It was Lee Gopal from way back, right? And he, he said, he said, Robert, Bob, he's calling me, come Bob. Um, I'd like you to come down to Nisden Lane. We're going to start a record company, you know. We haven't got a name for it yet, but we're going to start a record company. 
and I want you to come down and, you know, and have a look and thing. Yeah. So I went down in the morning. Did whole time warehouse or whatever. Mowley. Mm. I locked up for a few years, you know. And I said, well, I, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Been about three, four months after that. Refurbished, finished, something like that. And, you know, place looked nice, something. Number 12, knees and Lane. And I went down back. And when I went down back there, and I finished it, there was Bonnie Lee. First time Bonnie Lee got put in, in England. As usual, you know, Bonnie was a friendly brother, made friends right away. Because he heard about I don't know if he's did hear about any and say, yeah, come on, hear about Daniel and Lee introduces and <laughs> And yeah, that's the first time I met Bonnie. So we started with, I started doing some stuff um, in 68 fully. 69, things wasn't going too good for them. All the Jamaican big music and things, somehow thing wasn't riding the way. So I did a session called, uh, the session with a couple tunes. Reggae and Jagger was one of them, I'm your puppet, and something else. I remember, right? so when I did Reggae and Jagger, boy, I took children out of a slum and red, red wine. I was just saying here, three months after that. Tony Tribe. Tony Tribe, right. Red Red Wine. Big sellers. Reagan and Jagger went in the bottom of the top 40. At that the time, they had to, them guys had to you know, make it look good. They put it in the top 40. <laughs> yeah. And massive seller. I would sell all the Jamaican tunes that was there at the time. And Lee looked at me one day. And Tony tried to burst, man. I said, Danny, boy, Danny, them two children, boy, kept floating afloat. Yeah, man. So, it was interesting. When, what year did you record that song? Because. Which one? Reggae and Jagger. 1969. 69. Yeah. So, what were you writing about? In that song, <laughs> Reggae and Jagger. Yeah. <clears throat> well, knowing Danny Livingstone, right? Yeah. Like I know myself, right? Yeah. I like to be different, right? Everybody was like, every man at the time. Everybody had a song, a song, Reggae and Reggae, you know, mm-hmm. with the word Reggae in it, right? And um, I came up with it. I, I don't know how I came, but as I said, I like to be different. And somehow, <laughs> Jagger. I spelled, yeah, yeah, Jagger, yeah, I mean, E-T-T-A-E, well, I took the R out, right? So I coined the, I coined the name, yeah, I coined the name, again, Jagger, yeah, I said, this sounds all right, see, when I did that song, I was so embarrassed, I didn't even want my mom to hear, God knows. <laughs> 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 so we keep a lot of time was very um 
disrespectful to our parents. Yeah. Yeah, nowadays, uh, I'm a victim. Yeah. 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 Because the song was basically had <laughs> a, a, a kind of sexual overtone. Yeah. But people usually ask me, what is taking? I said, it's up to your imagination. Yeah, you know. At the, at the time, Jackie, I said, yeah, I want to leave it to your imagination. Yeah, the people's imagination. Yeah. Why? Well, they didn't have hands to sell it. So, it, it, so that proves to me that they, they, although you did it in 69, 69 yeah. the <coughs> term reggae was not solidified as the genre yet. No. Because people were calling, uh, it was, some people said it came from like Strike, some people said it was a dance, mm-hmm. some people said it was similar to what you did was reggae in your jagged, mm-hmm. you know. Like, so, you, like the, the, they would say Strike, yeah. but they didn't actually say reggae in a Strike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Dennis, I've heard all, and you have heard a lot. Everybody, everybody claims. They start. No, nobody starts starting now. Yeah, it just happened. Remember, it was yeah, right? Yeah. This came from the Jamaican, the American, the Jamaican place. Right, we know that. A lot of people still don't know that. Yeah. And then, okay. So, I remember when people of Bedford, Lower Lake, and the, yeah. the guy who was playing the, the boogie shuffle yeah. in Jamaica. Yeah. That's all what was playing on the sound system before. Yeah. Yes, done it. Yeah. The Rasta Garden, the Fat Domino, people like, you know, all of them. It's a there, right? So, reggae, the, the, the stuff phased out. I was thinking, Rasta, you know, this didn't last too long, 18 months, or something like that, or two years. So they throw the tempo down, right? Right? Reggae, as a musician myself, these things are coming by, come about by accident, more or less. Alright, so we're playing on the rap steady. Yeah. What was the straight cap? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm a guitarist and I go, chat, 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 chat. And you, and you just supposed to look at me. I like that, you know. You like that? Yeah. Alright, so I'm playing. These things happen like that. Nobody planned nothing. You don't go in and say, I'm going to start a genre of music. Yeah. No, 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 no. So as a musician, you, you, you don't really think about the name of the music. No. You just, you're just working. You're just, just working. playing and yeah. whatever comes, comes. Yeah. Like I say, the, 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 the guitar is mad, you know. And you like it. You say, keep that. Keep that. You know. You say, that's the straight scale. Chak, 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 chak. Double scale, we used to call it. Chak, 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 chak. Until the church on the road, and the producer now can jump on that now, and yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Even the organ shuffle, right? Yeah. Still talking to them guys, um, the, the, the American guy, the other one who was to see Uncle Tom was dealing with that, right? Yeah. Um, the other shuffle organist. Eh? <laughs> they were all shuffling, so we thought that was the music that we used to hear. And we. You know, people like Charles Earl and, and Jimmy Smith. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and I'm talking guys who, who used to actually shuffle. Yeah. Yeah, the slow walk. Booker team. Yeah, no, Booker team. Booker team. Yeah. The early, like, like Bill Duggett. Yeah. Monkey Kong. Yeah. Man. You can listen to them, you know. Yeah. I, I have all the records on my tomb where these guys shuffle. Yeah. 
that session that brought about reggae in your jacket mm. and the other songs that you spoke red, red about wine. red red wine and all of them you focus on them too. When, when was the first when when did you do your first album for 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 children the compiler 72 72 then put some tracks together because one of my my biggest my first biggest national hit was Susan Louis of the Devil, right? And that wasn't on the album. Because originally, I did that as a B-side, unintentionally. I, I did a song, and we, in them days, you had to have a B-side. Remember that? The old time days? Yeah. And I remember they wanted to rush release. I can't remember the name of the song. So I had to need a B-side. So I, I had this Susan Murphy that we tracked for a few months and I remember the time I said, ah, yeah, it's on the B-side, right? And we released the song as Susan and B-side. We got this what we call Rasko, Emperor Rasko. He, he played the B-side instead of the A-side. And I said, wait, it's not it. The kids them love this one. Coming from Russell, he's one word. He said, I'm looking at it and just kids them singing to Susan Susan Drew up to them the first time they heard it. And so we children have a hit here, you know. And call children for the week after, right? And he said, You guys have a have a hit, you know. And and I say, which one? He said, the B-side of the song down there, out there. He said, yeah? This is what Lee was telling me, right? He said, oh. So, what's the song about about two weeks after that? Guess what? When he, he said, aren't you people going to release the song, down the song? Me as usual. Lee asked me if I mind Nicky Thomas doing Susan and Brea together. So, Nicky... You know, it's big song. Yeah. So he followed up the two songs, nothing. He's followed up, nothing. So he said, I don't mind. If he can do it. Me again thinking, well, it's my song anyway. Royalty is my songwriting. Royalty is over there. Yeah. So they put Nicky on the track. And this white guy, so-called co-producer now, Put on some trombone and all ah, kind of bones on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And release it. When they release the song, right? Yeah. In Pearl Rusker heard it. Mm. They call back the office and say, You effing people, no understand. <laughs> Kids them don't want Nicky Thomas' version. Kids don't know about the one Danny Livingstone version, the raw, ethnic version. Just like that, you know. Imagine a man with. A, a DJ calling your kids three times, right? Over three weeks or so. He said, no, I understand. 
Emperor Russell, who was a white American guy, but he was working in the fire station in England. So, they said, the kids don't want Nikita Thomas Virgin. They want Daniel Livingstone Virgin. So, they said, so done. Two weeks after that, I was on top of the box. <laughs> so, <laughs> it is. Uh, we're really having a, a great conversation, Dandy. But, um, this is where we have to leave it for now. Mm-hmm. But we're going to come back with, with a part, part two. two yeah. So, this, we've been listening to Echoes in the Bone and my very special guest, Dandy Livingstone, singer, producer, songwriter, a man of many hits. And in part two, we'll continue the journey of being one of the first singers and Jamaican entertainers to break outside of, of, of Jamaica and have a successful career. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, please subscribe to the show and give us a five-star review and even drop us a comment if something really stood out to you.